Our gospel for today comes from John, the 13th chapter. When Judas had gone out, Jesus said, Now the Son of Man has been glorified, and God has been glorified in him. If God has been glorified in him, God will also glorify him in himself and will glorify him at once. Little children, I am with you only a little longer. You will look for me. And as I said to the Jews, so now I say to you, where I am going, you cannot come. So I give you a new commandment, that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you also should love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. This is the gospel of the Lord. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. Grace and peace to you from God, our creator, and our risen Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. If you have ever attended seminary, or if you ever intend to attend seminary in your life, there is one question that you will be asked over and over and over again, and that is, what is your call story? And what they mean by that is, how did you hear God's call to become a pastor or a deacon? And if they ask the question in that way that I just rephrased it, that'd be great. I always enjoy sharing the story of how I heard God's call to become a pastor. But I confess that every time I was asked this simplified question of what is your call story, it always rubbed me the wrong way. Because the very question itself makes two very incorrect assumptions in my mind. First, it assumes that God only called you to do this one thing, and that everything else in your life was just leading up to this one grand calling. And second, it assumes that you can only be called to one thing at a time. From my perspective, God has called me to do and be many things throughout my life, many of which overlap. Right now, I am called by God and all of you wonderful people to be the pastor of Holy Spirit Lutheran Church here in Kirkland. I am also very much and equally called by God to be a mother, a wife, a daughter, a sister, and a friend. And my call to be any one of these things does not overtake and is not more important than the others. All of these things are equal and valid callings in my life. And so in light of the question about what is your call story, I'm being challenged, and I'm challenging us all to think about what does it truly mean to be called? Over the past two weeks, we have been looking at the first two words of Holy Spirit's mission statement, we are. Pastor Katie beautifully reminded us first that the we emphasizes the importance of community, that we are called to work together in community, and that we cannot be community without recognizing, inviting, and welcoming all people to be a part of this community. And second, she reminded us that the R means that we are called now, in the present tense, to be God's people in the world, even in the toughest and most difficult times. And so today, we complete this mini-series on our mission statement by looking at the third word, called. Now, these three words, we are called, you might be thinking, wow, Pastor Katie must have drawn this short straw on this one because she had to preach two sermons about we and are. 
and I get called. That's the easiest one of all, right? Well, yes and no. Again, what does it mean to be called? Does God call us to do everything that we do? Well, I can tell you right now that I was not called to work in escrow because I did that for a year and it was the worst job I ever had <laughs> for myself. And I certainly don't feel called to do the dishes and the laundry and clean the house. So no, we are not called to do everything that we do. Does being called mean that we're called to do that thing for the rest of our lives? Are we called to do something only when we enjoy it or it turns out well? So how do we know if God is calling us to do something or not? Let's see what help we find in our scripture readings for today. Our first reading from Acts is a fun one, where Peter recounts a vision that God gave him. Peter, who is a devout Jew, was praying when he saw a sheet being lowered down with many animals in it that would be unclean for any Jew to eat. And God commands Peter to kill and eat these animals. And Peter, probably thinking this was some sort of test, says, by no means, Lord, for nothing profane or unclean has ever entered my mouth. To which God responds, what God has made you clean, or what God has made clean, you must not call profane. This vision is then repeated three times. And as soon as it is over in the original vision, Gentiles arrive at Peter's door asking him to come with them and sharing with him what they saw, and they shared with him what they saw an angel who told them to come and invite Peter to their house, which again for a Jew would be a big no-no because they would not serve kosher food. And then the Holy Spirit nudges Peter to go with them and not distinguish between them and the Jews. Now there is a lot that we could delve into here, and if I had an hour to do that, I would because all of the symbolism in this story is really cool. And the importance of this story is big in Luke and Acts. But for now, I want to pull two things that I see in this story out that help us to understand how God calls us and what it means for us to be called. First of all, while you do not have to have some sort of vision or hear an audible voice from God to be called to something, if so, I chose the wrong profession. Peter's vision was repeated three times. And then he was given the opportunity to act on that vision and go to the house of a Gentile, which to me shows that when God is calling us to do something, God will repeatedly call us to do that thing. God will tug at our heartstrings or call an idea to mind over and over again. And then we'll present opportunities for us to answer that call. So good job, Evelyn. You preached my sermon for me. And second, answering God's call is not always an easy thing to do. Peter has to break from his own faith tradition and that of his people to share the good news with the Gentiles. And then he has to defend himself a few different times. But in the end, it's worth it because it extended the love of God and the hope we have in Jesus Christ to all people. Speaking of the hope that we have in Jesus, let's move on to our second reading for today. My third favorite passage in all of Scripture, by the way. In Revelation, 
we get another vision, a vision of what will happen when Christ comes again at the end of the world. And while many people think of doom and gloom and violence when they even hear the word revelation, the end of the story is pretty wonderful. This is what Jesus promises us. No more crying or death or pain. No more suffering of any kind. All will be restored and made new. And God's home will be with us. Literally, heaven on earth. What an amazing image, right? What does this tell us about being called? Well, if this is the image and the hope that we have in Christ, this is the image we should work toward and want to share with everyone. So whatever we do that points to the hope that we have in Christ or that works towards helping and serving people who are suffering and reminds them of God's presence with them even now, then that is probably God calling us to do that thing. And finally, we arrive at our gospel for today, where Jesus directly calls his disciples, and by extension, us. Once again, to fill in our text a little bit and help us understand, let's take a moment to look at the context of this passage. Jesus knows that his ministry on earth is coming to an end and that he will die soon. And so he washes all of his disciples' feet, including Judas. And then he predicts that Judas will betray him, and then he sends Judas out to do so. So in the Gospel of John, Judas's actions were actually not premeditated like they are in the other Gospels. And it immediately, it is immediately after Jesus takes his leave, or Judas, excuse me, takes his leave to betray Jesus, that we come to our Gospel for today, which I think makes Jesus' commandment all the more wonderful. Love one another just as I have loved you, so you should also love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. We are directly called to love all people. And the timing of this commandment might suggest that Jesus is telling his disciples to love Judas despite what he is about to do. That would be tough. Loving others is not always easy. But whenever we can show God's love to others, that love that God has for all people, regardless of who they are, where they come from, what they believe, or even what mistakes they've made, that's when people recognize God in us and through us. When people recognize that God cares for them, and that is life-changing. So we are called to love, and whatever shows or exemplifies the love of God that is what we are called to do. Today, it just so happens that we have a ministries fair set up in the fellowship hall. And it will be up both for this Sunday and the next, so you don't even have to make any decisions about anything today. But each and every one of you are invited to consider and think about how God might be calling you. I fully acknowledge that you have other callings in your life right now. I certainly do. We all have many callings in our lives. But perhaps there is something that has been tugging on your heartstrings, or a thought or idea has come to you repeatedly. What might bring you and others new hope? What are the ways in which you might share God's love in a new way? Perhaps you're looking to simply connect with others this summer. 
there's a ministry for that. Perhaps you're interested in working with children and youth. There's a ministry for that. Perhaps you're really good at gardening and you think, well, gosh, what am I going to do to serve in that way? There's a ministry for that. Perhaps you would like to call shut-ins and pray for them. There's a ministry for that. Or perhaps you're feeling the urge to respond to the horrible hate crime of the shooting that, was, that happened yesterday in Buffalo. There's a ministry for that as well. Perhaps you have no idea where God is calling you or how God might be calling you, in which case go and check things out and see if something grabs your attention. Perhaps you have an idea that you'd like to pursue but don't see a good fit in there. Go to the say yes table. But regardless of how you feel called or what you feel called to do in your life or as part of this community, we are called most simply to love God and love one another. And whenever you come here, we will do our very best to surround you with love and hope and renewal because we have experienced and know that whenever we share God's love, we are answering God's call. We believe that we are called by the Holy Spirit to proclaim and embody the compassionate, challenging, and inclusive love of God revealed in Jesus Christ. And we invite all of you to be a part of that call. Amen.